I first met Ezra Furman in shul. Uh, we went to the same minion in San Francisco, and one Shabbat after services, we were introduced and started talking. Seemed like a nice person, and that was that. And then a few weeks later, I was visiting my brother in Los Angeles. I didn't live here yet, and we were on the cool part of town and walking by a cool club. And all of a sudden, I stopped and turned to look at a poster on the side of the club, and I said. I know that person. Is that Ezra who I just met in shul? Is Ezra a rock star? And in, indeed she is. And and rock star is is a is a good way to put it because I've seen her on stage many times since and she just tears it up. She is a a rock star of, of the of the first degree. Um she started her career with a a, a band called the Harpoons. And since uh, has gone on to a, a, a vibrant solo career as a punk musician. And, um, and the music is just so good. The music is just so good. She's, uh, she's put out a number of albums and also done the soundtrack for Netflix's Sex Education. So the music stands on its own. But it's not just the music that sets Ezra apart. It's also the lyrics. Uh, her songs are deeply introspective. Uh, they touch on themes of identity, resilience, and just the agony of the human condition. She explores the complexities of gender identity and sexuality, sharing her personal struggles and triumphs with real vulnerability. And so her lyrics become a kind of sanctuary for people who seek solace and connection and understanding in a world that often fails people in the margins. And I have to say, her music is also so Jewish. She draws inspiration from her faith and from her culture. I met her in shul, and that is also very much her world. And so her music is infused with, uh, with all kinds of um, Jewish uh, reference points. Uh, one of her albums is called Transangelic Exodus. So there's the Exodus there. Um, but we got together uh, to talk about another book of the Bible, um, the book of Numbers, or Bamidbar, uh, because that book, I think, uh, also echoes some of the deep themes that you can find in Ezra's work, which are themes of protest and conflict and resistance. Um, the book of Bamidbar is a book full of conflict, and so that was, that was the book that Ezra um, uh, suggested that we talk about, and it felt right um, because it's uh, she's a punk musician, and it's kind of like the punk book of the of the Torah, and um, and we had a really a really interesting conversation about it. So I want to share that with you, and I think find it interesting to hear a uh, a side of Ezra that you won't always see on stage, which is a a soft, quiet, um, reflective side. She will scream at you from <laughs> from the stage but in one-on-one she's very quiet and deliberate when uh when she's working through ideas but you can tell that she believes everything she says and uh and believes that that how you say it and when you say it are extremely important so uh it was a real pleasure and privilege to talk to ezra about uh safer bar and i hope you enjoy the conversation
Okay, welcome to the podcast, Ezra. Oh, so good to be here. Good Thanks to have you. Me. Ezra, an old friend of mine, and also I think our friendship often takes the form of little side text investigating some kind of Torah issue that's uh-huh. bothering one or the other of us. So um, it's nice to be able to do that in a full-throated uh, <laughs> media uh, presentation here. I, I, I want to start by just naming what it is that we're talking about, the, the great mutiny of Korach. Um, mutiny is a word that is used to describe that episode, um, but there are lots of words that we, that we kicked around. You, you said, your podcast, you, you always have a word, so what's our word? And <laughs> we talked about um, um, conflict and protest and debate, and but the word that we landed on um, and both of us felt this was the right word was dissent and the book of of numbers is is full of um, eruptions of of dissent and I think dissent is a better word at least in the book of numbers than protest would have been you know you think about protest and you might think about the exodus like it's an uprising it's a revolution it's a political rebellion whereas dissent seems to me to be something that takes place within a system. That is to say, by members of the system. I am in this system and I'm expected to consent and instead, of, instead I, I dissent. So I, I wonder if, if you, how you would think about the word we've chosen. So like leaving Egypt is this, it's unprecedented. But after that's done, they're out in the wilderness and they just they have to figure out like how to live. It started to seem to me reading Bamidbar for the millionth time, like that one of the things it's trying to figure out is is how do we disagree? Or like, what's it like? What are different kinds of um, communal discord like? I mean, I just, I kind of just think that like a, a, a Bible without this element, this human element of complaining and and failures and doubt, desire and and despair, like would almost not be useful to us. It's a communal unraveling and failure on a very extreme scale. I mean, everybody dies. Yeah, I don't know if the if the failures cause the discord or the discord causes the failures or it's like a feedback loop. Yeah, I think I think a lot a lot of what you're saying cuts right to the core of of what's happening in this book. Bamidbar is a little bit like the cool book that you say is your favorite. Like you should if you said Genesis or Exodus is your favorite, then you like like the <laughs> the, the top ten top forty album. But like Bamidbar is like the like the indie, you know, like the, the deep cut. The George uh, Harrison. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and there it is, sort of tucked away towards the end of the of the tour. And when we think maybe, as you started to suggest, like this could be a, just a march to the finish line, and like it's all wrapped up. But instead. We record the journey, and the journey is a mess. Yes, I, I also think that you're, you're right to be naming this theme as maybe the, maybe the central theme in the, in, the, in, the, in the book of Bamidbar, in the book of Numbers, and that's quite striking. Like, you go on a journey, you know, you're, you, it's, it's a people that's just been formed trying to figure out how to live together, travel together, understand each other. And it seems that what the Torah wants to communicate to us is this is a feature of mm. human life. We will 
come into conflict with one another. That is, that's inevitable. And the question then of the book is, is how do we deal with that? How will we work through that? And I, and I also think you're right to say, I'm not, I'm not sure this book ever answers that, but it's, it's certainly shot through with just, just scene after scene of discord. The things they're complaining about are food and water. I mean, what, what could be a more, um, what could be a more reasonable request? What could be a more sympathetic position than we're hungry? So I wonder how you would answer the question as you, as you see these narratives, especially the first few where it's like, oh, what do you, why'd you take us out of Egypt? Why, what, what do you, you know, we, we wish we could go back. We, you're, you've brought us out here to die. Do you feel, like, do you feel sympathy for, for, for Mo- Moses or for the, for the people? Could, could you pick? <laughs> Um, I mean, I feel, I feel sympathy for all of them. They're in a tough, uh, situation. No, I really go back and forth on this. Cause like, there's something like unbelievable about like, like these, are, these people have firsthand experience of God. You're kind of like, how can you not be on board with this thing? You know how amazing it is. Um, and you were there and you just got, um, rescued and then there's also just like if you actually i could swing the other way too because you just imagine i don't know just imagine everything you know about life changing and everyone you know experiences that change together and uh life becomes totally upended um, I mean, I always wish I knew more about like how much were they prepared for this giant life change of leaving Egypt, and did they know how long they'd be gone, or like did they know where they were going even? Um, how much is the mission like communicate? And there, there's, there's, I'd like to know more about like how the uh, community outreach was of like. You're... How 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 well informed are these are these participants? <laughs> yeah, and just taken care of, you know. Um, it it kind of seems like they have to complain. They are right to complain because when they complain, they get the water that they're dying without, you know. Um, and, well, yeah, you know, that's what what you're pointing to is like in a way, like a potential subtext here. I mean. We are on the question of, of 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 you know who to be sympathetic to. One way to read this story uh, that you're you're just now suggesting is that there's maybe there's a need for dissent. Like m- maybe they have to learn to speak up. Maybe maybe that's mm. maybe there's like I mean m- that could be just a modern way. Well, we lo- we like protests, so I want to read that into the story. Well, but there's a sense in which, mm. if you, if you're saying they, this is the only way they get water, then maybe yeah, maybe they have maybe they have to speak up. Maybe they're being trained to speak up. And and how did they get out of Egypt in the first place? They cried out to God, and God noticed. Right. And so like it, it like I think it again and again. It's like when you ask for help you have to ask 
If you don't ask, you don't get. Um, and at the same time, it is like underlined that the way they ask is like, remember Egypt though, and we ate fish and garlic, and it was so good, and we didn't have. Um, they were there. They start to uh, idealize Egypt, which is. Um, you know, seems kind of wild to me since, like, their babies are being murdered there. On, on some level, it begins to raise questions about, you know, w- what is legitimate dissent? And is what is, the, what is the discourse of dissent? And are there, you know, in our own society, in their society, is, are, there, are there, we talk about, like, um, civil disobedience, right? And it's like that, <laughs> the, the, the suggestion is, um, is, yeah, it takes place in the, in the civic space, but also the, like, the way we use is almost like it should be civil. It should be civilized. It should be, there, there, are, there are noble and mm. reasonable ways to protest. And then there are, there's, there's a kind of, there's, there's a kind of discourse that is too aggressive or too, mm. um, too violent, too shocking. And I, yeah, I wonder if, if that's one of the things we're being asked to consider. I, like I hear you doing, I, I, you just hesitate, you hesitate to, to judge outcry of, uh, especially of like traumatized people um, and, and people who are, are living in a subsistence mode. But at the same time in that mode, like the descent is all the more dangerous because like if they don't hang together out there, like, they might, I don't know. It just seems like they're all de- they all depend on each other. They're just in a crisis situation the whole time. And um... well, yeah, and that's I think part of I think I think it's right. That's part of what um, creates the tension here is that it's not just oh, you know, a conflict broke out in the middle of the desert, but that everything's so delicate right now. And if any of this goes <laughs> yeah. too far, it will upend the entire mission and leave them sort of stranded in the desert. I mean, this could be the end. In any moment of, of real outcry, part of what we're wondering is, 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 this, is this whole thing going to fall apart? Are we never going to make it? Hmm. I know, and that I'm also, that line between like, um, what's respectable dissent, what's civil disobedience? I mean, it, is, it resonates with like... Um, we hear the phrase respectability politics often like uh, in a derogatory way. I'm trying to like analogize almost like the the most destructive kinds of rebellion in the book of Bamidbar um, are like a riot, you know, like people get pushed to riot, like rioting, burning stuff down and destroying everything. That's not my program for social improvement. When people riot, understand like they were pushed to a point that no one should be pushed to. That is where the where the principal blame lies in that situation. Which is not to say that like one should riot, people should riot. Um I wouldn't I, I wouldn't say that in most cases. It's just it's just this feels like it could be but Midbar, like a warning, like people will do this. People will, people are in, are at risk of upending the whole movement. If you 
don't care for that relationship. You keep that relationship intact. Yeah. And I don't know if like if if God or or Moses and Aaron or anyone exactly wrong that like that gets them to that point, but it is like this is what people do. This is what they will do. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, that maybe is one way to think about the limits and forget about legitimate or illegitimate, but what are the actual limits of of dissent? And 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 you you could say that there's some line that gets crossed um, when when things when when there's actually a threat of of the of the society unraveling. And maybe there's a time for that as well, but that's civil war. I mean that's that's the mm. that's the the destruction of the collective. Whereas there's some like before that line there 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 are all these questions about how much dissent can take place within the collective that like <laughs> maybe improve the collective or but 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 don't don't go so far as to undermine everything we're we're doing here. Well, no, it it brings us more specifically to the Korach story. I mean, one of the things that's said by by Korach's people is like you took us out of a land of milk and honey to die in the wilderness. And they've like, they've taken the rhetoric of, of the existing story and just turned it exactly backwards. And like the promised land is supposed to be the land of milk and honey. And they're like, Egypt was the land of milk and honey. So like, they're, it's like when they, and I do think like Korah, the Korah story is like the, seems like the low point of Bummy Bar, it's like the the worst it gets and the most violent and it's one of the most intense moments of dissent. And then the response is like horribly <laughs> so many people die. I think they've got numbers on it. And it's like uh there's just a lot of there's a super harsh response and Korach and Co get swallowed into the earth and it's just like the rebellion is crushed so harshly. You don't whatever you do don't turn the story around where like now the promised land is egypt like that that seems from god's perspective it's like protect the story of what's happened here at all costs the story is i brought the slaves out of egypt you know um and we're going to the land of milk and honey and yeah just it's interesting how how intensely that's um insisted on like that is the breakdown we can't that this that 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 the book can't allow So let me yeah. let me set the stage a little bit here. Let me just uh let's just review a little Please. bit. We we've referred to it but um, but okay, Korach, that's a sort of, uh, Vayikach Korach, Korach took himself, and we don't know exactly why, what, what's going on, but he, he took himself, and with him, um, a, 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 a group of, they named some other figures, but, but especially 250 kind of strong men behind him, like, it's, he, he comes, you know, with a, with a gang, and 
Um, and they gather, it seems almost like they surround Moses and Aaron. And they say, you know, Rav Lechem, you've gone too far. Um, and, you know, why have you raised yourself up above the congregation of God? Why have you made yourselves, you, you know, who, who, who died and put you in charge? Um, and there's, so it's very, like, immediately challenging the entire authority um, structure here. But at the same time, I must say, and I always notice in this story, one of the things that Korach says is very beautiful. I mean, we we're talking about like rhetoric, yeah. and his rhetoric here is so. There's you have to admit that there's something that sounds not just lovely about this, but but legitimate. And he says, he says, you've gone too far, Rav Lechem, ki kol kulam kedoshim, because we're all holy. This whole congregation is holy, and God is among all of us. So. Why have you, so why have you raised yourself above us? And, and there's something in there that feels so important. So right, like in a different moment, this could have been some deep moral political lesson that we're learning here. Like, wait a minute, Moses, and now Moses's brother and sister, I mean, it's like the siblings are kind of in charge. Moses at least was appointed by God, but now, you know, his whole family's in charge. And... There's something about that that seems suspicious. I can understand that. But mm. the language of like, we're all people of God. We're all holy. We all have a voice. We all have a right. We all, we, let's share this power. I mean, there's something about that that sounds like I could just finish the thought in, 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 and, and turn it into a, a really legitimate, modern, democratic, fair, you know, equity-based argument. And instead, I don't know, both the story... Um, and its response, um, and I guess, and the way I've been trained to read it, sees this moment as, as dangerous. There's something that he's doing that's dangerous. And I guess I wonder, what, what is that? What is it that's so potentially destructive? That What is the worst about this moment of dissent? I just believe in loudly and angrily saying something's wrong, you know? Um, and... Um, Sometimes without nuance is good. Sometimes, I mean, that's, I, I, I'm in a punk band. <laughs> Sometimes it's a punk band. And, uh, you know, I, what I appreciate about punk rock is screaming that something is just wrong. Um, you know what? I mean, I wonder if this is the moment to draw the distinction. I always... I always think of punk rock and these two founding strands, two founding punk bands are The Clash and The Sex Pistols. And The Clash, I, I tend to, to, to think of myself more in their lineage. The Clash um, are a protest band and they're like, we're going to do something because we care about something and um, the way things are is... Uh, not good and we want to change it and everybody's invited and it's a movement and then there's the Sex Pistols who are just like screaming. They're just wretchedly like this world and how it feels is so bad. It's This society is rotten to the core. We have no solution. 
no future is their refrain and and um and they don't last you know that that band had one one album and like i see these like these two strands as both can be valuable i guess but like i want to be in the clash you know i want to um care about something and uh be screaming for a reason that's a that's a great i have to say that's a great analogy so cora has like the johnny rotten of 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 the torah that there's like and and it's an important um i want to think more about the, the like like the lineage that you're in the, the sort of tradition of 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 punk protest musical protest but but mm. but what you're saying about the Korach story uh, is really i think insightful there's nothing for for all of the eruptions and protests there's nothing precisely that Korach is calling for like is his maybe that's the problem is that there is no objective except to tear things down and that there's a kind of there's a kind of nihilism to that there's a kind of um disrespect for the whole collective entity for there's no there's no solution here there's nothing there's nothing like uh, as opposed to a kind of protest for for human need for for justice for some something some some vision for how things could be better and that that i think is an interesting way to think about what's distinct about the about the korach story yeah like do, like it's it feels like do they not see that like the amazing progress has been made you know like do they really want to burn this movement down and it kind of does feel like that that they're they're trying to burn it down there's a strand in i think any society where there's just some people who are like this sucks you know this society sucks and they don't um and they're like don't vote it doesn't make a difference don't do anything and like they don't especially when you're part of a movement that ha that has done something real um that has accomplished something to want to fully burn it down is like um I don't know. I'm like, what's what's the point of that? You've gotten so into a a mode of of grievance. A like sometimes it feels like it's just it just feels so good to some people to to call BS that like that's what they're gonna do forever and to the core, and they reject even the good. Right. You know the approach that you just said that you see yourself in some kind of. Um, lineage like I, I you know I think it's it'd be fair to call a lot of your music protest music and I wonder like do, so so I wonder like what lineage are you are you in there what punk lineage and also just sort of what what mission do you are you is it, it I, I don't know if you could put it this precisely but is there something you're trying to accomplish with that kind of protest did you are you doing it intentionally uh, uh, yeah, I, since you mentioned, I, I wonder how you would think of your version of 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 dissent or protest in this in this society. It feels like the analogy is more to the exodus from Egypt, mm -hmm. and that is always an a, a an orienting 
um, spiritual model for me, and not just spiritual, but but social. You have a you have a I, you have an album named for the Exodus, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Transangelic Exodus. Transangelic Exodus. And uh, yeah, it's. I mean, I think of. Um, look, I think we live in a, a brutal society and a and a failed society. Um, there's no comparison, really, to the to the community of the Israelites in the wilderness, and like america or or the west or, or human society today like it's so much more egypt it's so much more murder is the norm and slavery without pay work without adequate compensation is what runs the society and um and I, i'm trying to make art well really i i'm trying to learn to speak i'm I, like i think i not i'm not aggrandizing myself but I, I think about Moses who who can't speak um, or claims he can't speak and 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 his it seems like the goal of of sometimes it seems like the goal of Moses as a character throughout the Bible on the ark is from somebody who um, was defeated by an evil society and had to leave that evil society and it's like I can't say anything or do anything to defeat that evil. I'm not a person of words. And then he becomes the leader of the movement to leave that society and um, and make a better one. And he also becomes the person who is the spokesperson and who speaks to everybody and writes. He starts with, um, he, he says, I'm not an Ishtavarim, a person of words. And he, the last book of the Bible is called Tvarim, and it's Moses speaking words. Yeah. And uh, there's something about that um, making speech possible um, um, that I think is my goal as an artist for myself, to make my own speech possible, and then to have some kind of spiritual check-in to say, like, you can take the stance that the way we are living is like wrong and and could be better you can be against all this we could find a way to leave um and like i mean that's art and and being an artist and punk rock has sort of provided that for me of like oh there's like a different way to hold myself in relation to this society and it gives me more freedom and and more justice like it creates more justice and freedom to hold myself this different way that's also i feel like what what um what judaism is to me and why i'm interested the the, the deepest part of why i'm interested in it and how i got interested in it was like what if we didn't have to accept the um, the blood-soaked society that we that we just like most? I, I don't know. As I, I I was asked, we're all asked to be complicit in. That's like the default. It's like yeah, this is how life works. Um, mm. Slavery and 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 murder and. And uh, 
so yeah, that I, I mean, I can't avoid that when we talk about like um, dissent. It's like dissent within that movement, um, that movement that has achieved um, unimaginable success. Like they got the oppressed people out, and the poor people won, and then and like yeah, and then the oppressed people go out. Um, in the wilderness and some of them are like I don't like the way you're doing this let's go back to to Egypt it's like once you feel it like that it's like how could how dare you you know like whose side are you on you know and it's like I there is I can get to the place where it's like I, I don't know I mean I can't I don't know if I can get to the place where I think I'm like yeah kill him god <laughs> kill him but right. um right but I, I I you know you get you get you get I, the I, the feeling <laughs> you get the the frustration I mean I get yeah and also to be Moses does protest like don't don't kill them all you know this is right. one of those moments where, where God is like all right I'm gonna kill all all of these people and start over and Moses is like please don't please don't um yeah that uh, what what you're saying right now uh, th that's a really helpful split between the sort of model of the book of exodus on the one hand and the and the some of the the, the crisis here now in the, in the book of numbers, you know, like the difference between, you know, pushing back against a, a, a regime of, of true violence and, and oppression and injustice and, and, and using your connection with God as a, as a kind of a, as a kind of a, a force for that, um, that like pushback, that rebellion, that liberation. And then on the other hand, like the, these, the sort of Korach case as an example of a, of a sort of destruction for destruction's sake with, without, you know, fighting as, as it were against God, against justice, against what, against the value propositions altogether. And just saying like, I'm going to tear everything down. And then, you know, and then again, we, I think for me, I, I, like we circle back to the question of like, okay, but is there some middle ground? Is there a, if, if Korach is like destruction for destruction, say if Korach is the sex pistols. And if, <laughs> you know, if, if Moses is, you know, is something else altogether is like really the, the, the 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 is a revolution against real tyranny you know against a society that actually does need to be destroyed like both korach and moses are trying to destroy a society but we are sympathetic to moses's cause and and not to korach's cause so then the question is like what what would it look like to, to be protesting somewhere in the middle where you are you are you are dissenting, you are outraged, you are looking for a change in society, but one that will 
that 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 keeps that betters that society that keeps that society you know is there is there hope for us here in our society to 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 protest and to dissent in such a way that we actually end up improving things that we actually move forward as opposed to like un- unraveling everything you know yeah <laughs> i know i mean like i'm like afraid of every potential analogy we're making and like and i'm afraid of taking sides because like that whole thing i just said of like but the movement's so important like that's exactly what somebody you know would say that to uh i mean you can say that about america like america changed the world and america it's like such an important mission that america is on don't you're trying to tear down america with your like um you shouldn't be the leader someone else should or you do mm, mm. you know um hmm. so i'm like and and yeah well the, there know. also is i i want to note the strand also that like that there korach is um or no the 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 dissenters in the korach story yes it's like violently crushed and it's like really like oh my gosh like that's really perhaps like overkill but um it it gives you a lot of sympathy and the story ends with the people saying we're all dying and they're in this place of despair they're like we live with this with this god that that kills that that whose anger kills and if you get too close to the sanctuary you die and what's going to happen to us? Are we all going to die? And, and the story ends and then they start a new section right, <laughs> right there. And it ends Moving on along, yeah. of like, this is so terrible and we are all going to die in this wilderness. And it makes us feel, it does like, I feel like the text really doesn't cover that up. And I mean, yes, it has an agenda. It had an anti-Korach agenda. It would seem. But even though I feel like there might be some meta agenda where it's like, no, just like feel what it's like for things to fall apart. Feel, you know, for like traumatic losses to be sustained and for your movement to be like failing. And um, I, I don't know. It's like just that's real. You know, it's like the inclusion of Ecclesiastes in the Bible which is the most nihilistic book ever. And you're like, this is in the Bible. Nothing means anything. We're all going to die. And it's like, I can't, I want that in there because that's a real feeling that like, um, I, I want my community to have some language for dealing with. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, and it's useful to to have that there. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, Korach's, it's it's in the Torah. Like we, we are supposed to pass through this story. This is an important reckoning, an important moment, you know, in the narrative for us to consider. And we make it past Korach. Like the mm. the the it is it is a terrible tragedy 
you know, even if the right side wins, it's like a little bit like hard to even know what the sides are. But even if what Korach was angling for would have led to total um, chaos and somehow they're able to keep things together, it's still, yeah, with, with, you know, tremendous death and destruction. And, you know, they're, (laughs) they limp away from this scene. And yet the story moves forward, the people move forward. And, you know, I'm struck by, I was just talking about how Korach, um, it, it comes right on the heels of a big rebellion, like the people don't want to go into the land of of Israel, and then in the next reading, I mean, it just never, it's like, it's just, it's a juggernaut in the book of, of Bamidbar, it never ends, but the next reading, the people are once again complaining, outcry for, this time back to the old, you know, familiar, for, for water, Yeah. and at this point, Moses says, you know, Moses is I probably now a, a little jumpy after the Korach is in it. And he, he gets angry and he says, Shimon Amar, listen, you rebels, like basically shut up. Like, I'm going to get you water from you, but I'm tired of this behavior. And now God's, God jumps in and says, well, no, Moses, that, that's not, you know, that's not the way to do it. Like these people still have legitimate complaints. Mm, they, they're yeah. still, there's still room. After, you would think the lesson of the Korach story is like, okay, no more dissent. Like just shut up and keep your head down till we get to the land of Israel. But actually that's not the case at all. And the people, you know, cry out and they have legitimate needs. And, you know, as I said, and the daughters of Slovchad bring their case forward and, and, and God responds to it favorably and, um, and, and on and on and on with this net, it, this, this voice of dissent never actually dies. And there's something about it that we, need to hold on to like our, our people in yeah. fact will be will end up being defined by you know debate and dissent like, it's like one of the things that the jews are famous for is this wait right. a minute <clears throat> no i don't yeah, not yeah. so fast this this doesn't make sense to me i take a different side I, this text is odd like that's our whole tradition in a way and like though the the korach moment is a moment where it almost go, goes off the rails the salute the sort of the, the lesson learned is not like well let's just get some strict dogma and have get everybody on board and 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 button button up any 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 voices of 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 dissent no like this dissent continues yeah right and 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 it feels like in that moment moses has some some kind of really um serious failure of of solidarity with the people Hmm. and I mean, it, it it's almost as if like um, it's the turning against each other that is disloyal to God. Mm. That like um, if, if he's like you, you people are my enemy. God gets mad about that, and I mean, there's like a, a recurrent in in a lot of these complaint episodes. There's like you're complaining against us. Well, you're really complaining against God. You're mm. really attacking God when you attack me and Aaron um and uh, yeah I don't know it I suddenly I'm like maybe the point is that turning against each other is is turning against God
Okay, that's our episode for today. Ezra and I first recorded that episode back in June, and so we're finally getting it out to you and just in time to launch this new season. Uh, Thanks for bearing with me through that hiatus. Uh, I had a crazy summer. I got married. I started a new job. It was wild. So um, I'm back, and and rest assured, we'll we'll be back with more episodes very soon. I'd also like to tell you that my Parsha study class is back. Come uh, and uh, get to know Rashi and Ibn Ezra and all the other legendary commentators in the grand tradition known as Parshanut as they guide us through the study of this this most magnificent book, the the best book ever. That's every Thursday at 12 p.m. Pacific over Zoom. Um, You can find that uh, on ICAR's uh, website. And if you can't make it to the virtual class, a recording of each session will go up on this very podcast feed. All right, that's it for now. Thanks so much for tuning in. See you soon. Best Book Ever is a co-presentation of ICAR and the Hadar Institute. Find them on socials at WeAreIKAR and at Hadar Institute. You can follow my Facebook page at Rabbi David Kasher or find me on Instagram at David Kasher to keep up with the show and everything else we're getting up to.